Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, June 12th. I'm Jonathan All, in for Wayne Pratt. Engineering projects on the Missouri River nearly wiped out the ancient fish, the pallid sturgeon. But some say pallets could be a canary in the coal mine, signaling bigger problems for the river. The ecosystem is in trouble on the Missouri River. It's not the pallid sturgeon is in trouble. How efforts to bring back the pallid sturgeon could also protect the floodplain. That story coming up on The Gateway. Metro bus riders will navigate another round of service cuts that go into effect today. They include schedule reductions for 30 bus routes. Many riders and other public transit advocates say service cuts are disruptive. Malik Lindell regularly rides the number 70 bus down Grand Boulevard, which will see reduced service. I've had to turn down potential job opportunities because either I noticed that the transit wouldn't be as reliable or there is no transit at all. Leaders of Bi-State Development, which runs the Metro bus system, say the service cuts are necessary because of a nationwide shortage of workers. They also cite reduced rider demand since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. Metro Transit is recruiting drivers, electricians, and other workers. The St. Louis Board of Aldermen could vote Thursday on the city's first water rate hike in more than a decade. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, it could be a tough vote for the members. The water department gets all its revenue from water bills, and over the past three years, it's had to spend from reserve funds just to keep operating. Because the city has not raised rates since 2010, the proposed increase is a big one, 40 percent phased in over two and a half years. By the end, residents would go from paying an average of $300 a year to $420 a year. Ninth Ward Alderman Michael Browning was willing to sign on as a co-sponsor, calling it a tough but necessary move. I hate that I have to take this vote today because it means that the vote wasn't taken when it should have been taken by earlier boards. Browning helped the measure narrowly clear a committee last week. Alderman could give it initial approval on Thursday. I'm Rachel Lipman. St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis-based tech nonprofit LaunchCode has a new CEO. Julian Nix has served on the company's board of directors and will step into the role later this month. Nix was appointed after former CEO Tossman Scarl left the company after two months on the job. During her short tenure, LaunchCode employees and alumni criticized the company for not publicly posting support on social media for transgender students and staff. Sarah Freimiller quit their job as a success coach at LaunchCode soon after Scarl was appointed. This felt like an immediate departure and one that is very personal because a large number of our staff are queer, have trans partners, are trans ourselves. Nix has said he plans to publicly support LaunchCode's LGBTQ community. 25 black churches in North St. Louis and North St. Louis County are teaching their communities how to prevent heart disease. The churches are working with the American Heart Association to reduce the number of deaths by heart disease in black neighborhoods. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Over the years, many members of St. James AME Church in North St. Louis have suffered from heart attacks or strokes. Dana Gibney-Wallace is presenting the American Heart Association's Empower to Serve program at church every month to help prevent heart disease. 
Gibney Wallace shares ways to eat healthy and the warning signs of heart attacks. But she says it's also important for people to know their family medical history. A lot of times we don't see family members till we have a funeral. And that's too late. If we can just start talking about, I didn't know you had diabetes or I didn't know you had a stroke. No, a lot of times people want to hold that, but we need to share that information. Gibney Wallace hopes the healthy lifestyle message spreads beyond church walls. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Since the age of the dinosaurs, pallid sturgeon have thrived in what's become the Missouri River. The fish made it through mass extinctions and multiple ice ages. But populations have plummeted over the last 90 years as humans installed dams and engineered the river current. Harvest Public Media's Elizabeth Rembert reports the pallid sturgeon's struggle may be a signal of larger issues in the Missouri River. Early on a fall morning, a graduate student leans forward on an airboat, reaching for a fishing line that she baited the night before. For hours, it floated in Nebraska's Platte River, an offshoot of the Missouri. Her professor, Mark Pegg, looks on to see what she's caught. Looks like there's a fish or two on. Might not be the right fish, but... <laughs> Pegg and his students are searching for the endangered pallid sturgeon. It's a funny-looking fish with a long snout and a humped back, all covered in beige scales. The funky features are for a good reason, says Wayne Nelson Stastny with the Fish and Wildlife Service. If you are going to design a fish in an engineering program to the Missouri River, where you can't see, you can smell, you can hear, and to be able to handle the currents, a pallid sturgeon is what you would design. But those traits didn't help out when the pallid came up against the massive projects of the 20th century, when engineers built dams and narrowed the river. That basically eliminated the fish's habitat, and soon it was rare to catch a young pallid sturgeon. What they were capturing was older fish, never anything in the, you know, the small, young pallets. And so there was a major concern about, are we going to have this population go extinct? Biologists were worried about what it meant if this fish, so in tune with the river after millions of years of evolution, was struggling. Those concerns kick-started a hatchery to resuscitate the pallid sturgeon population. Biologist Chris Hooley leads the Gavin's Point National Fish Hatchery in Yankton, South Dakota. He talks over dozens of huge fish tanks to explain the program. In this building, there's about 1,600 fish. And what it serves for is it's a genetic backup for the pallid surgeon in the upper Missouri River. The hatchery raises baby pallets from eggs and then releases them into the river to keep the population going. Hooley uses an ultrasound machine to examine a fish. Oh, winner, winner. All those little BBs that you see are actually black eggs inside this fish. So this is a female that's reproductive that will spawn in the spring. But eventually, biologists want pallids to reproduce naturally and grow in the Missouri without their help. So the Corps of Engineers has been working to recreate their pre-engineering habitats. Changing stretches of the river to benefit endangered species hasn't been popular. It came to a head after the region saw devastating floods in 2011 and 2019. Farmers blamed the habitat restoration projects for their damaged property. Here's Wayne Nelson Stastny of Fish and Wildlife again. I've been in meetings where busloads of people show up and say, my farm is not your laboratory. 
But to Jared Mestel, who worked in Nebraska game and parks for decades, the pallid sturgeon has mistakenly become a scapegoat for larger problems on the river. The ecosystem is in trouble on the Missouri River. It's not the pallid sturgeon is in trouble. Mestel thinks narrowing the river for the navigation industry increased flood heights and frequencies. He says undoing those projects and widening the river could restore habitat for animals like the pallid sturgeon and make more room for flood years. Yes, it will cost a lot of money, but have a system that will meet our needs today and for a long way in the future. A future that will likely include more flooding as climatologists predict stronger and more frequent storms. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Elizabeth Rembert. This story is part of NOVA's Climate Across America initiative with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. It's being distributed by Harvest Public Media. The news director of St. Louis Public Radio is Ashley Lisenby. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Jonathan All, in for Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.